And now, welcome to the Just the West podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and happy, well, happy, happy Thursday. It's Thursday night. Your boy, Just the West, is on the line. But not only do I have myself, but I have my boy, Mason. Mason, are you there? Yo, yo, yo! And we are going to continue our little series. We did State of the Niners last week. We're going to do State of the Arizona Cardinals. And Mason, uh, I, I know for you personally, you're not the biggest Cardinals enthusiast. I know you're more on the Niners land uh, of fandom, but I appreciate it. It's a good exercise. It's the NFC West. And I'd say that in years past, I mean, we've been talking about the Rams who just made the Super Bowl. Obviously, you know the Seahawks because you hate the Seahawks and you know the Niners. But the Cardinals at one point in time, and it seems like ages ago, but, you know, it wasn't too far away where it was Larry Fitzgerald in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it seemed like they were, I don't know, um, moments away from winning the Super Bowl. But uh, since then, uh, they've been kind of dwelling on the bottom of the NFC West. I mean, Mason, overall, I mean, do, do you hate the Cardinals? Do you like them? Or are, they, are you kind of like whatever about them? What's your take about these Arizona Cardinals, just just as a, as a whole? Well, I, I feel as though they're a very disappointing franchise for their fan base in Phoenix. Okay. Uh, you know, Phoenix is one of, one of the fastest-growing cities in the United States, and they would love something to cheer about. And, you know, I would say that they have room for optimism because they're very similar to a position the Niners were in two years ago where they have an early pick, they have $80 million in salary cap space, and they're one of the bottom teams in the league. Actually, the bottom team. They have the first overall pick. So um, they're a team in transition because you spoke of the legend, um, you know, Larry Fitzgerald. I, I, you know, I, I've loved watching him since his rookie season. As, even as a Niners fan, even as he would beat us, he was such a great player that no matter what sport it is, um, even if you're playing against the people, if it's a great player, if it's truly a guy that plays the game the right way, I don't care who you are. It's hard not to like that person. So Larry Fitzgerald, in my mind, is that person for that team. But, you know, it's right now, it, I always say, look at what Vegas says. And they're 125 to 1. So their odds are not very good at all. Um, that's actually, yeah, they're, they're in a, a four-way tie with the Bengals, Dolphins, and Redskins for league mediocrity. Huh. But... Uh, I think that it's really – I'm kind of uncertain with the new coach, uh, with Kingsbury, with what they do with the number one pick, what kind of a defensive game plan they have because obviously they hired an offensive-minded coach. And it's it's kind of – I'm curious to see what they do. And, I mean, one last thing also is I want to see if T-Sizzle still has it. They have Chandler Jones, and similar to like how we talked last week about how I truly believe in having two edge rushers, uh, two people that comply the pressure from the right and the left side. And they may have found that because T Sizzles are arguably one of the one of the greatest uh, pro football pass rushers. I mean, he's obviously uh, top on the list for all time sacks, and I think he could actually move up if he gets a ten sack season. He moves up from seventh or eighth all the way up to fourth all time. So those are a couple of things that I'm seeing, but. Uh, I'm going to turn it back to you, Justin. Yeah, no, sure. So, I mean, just going back at the Cardinals, to your point, they had the number one overall pick, which means 
They're the worst team in the league by theory. They finished with a three and thirteen record, uh, and they were. Only, I mean, the Niners only had four wins and twelve losses, so it's not like the Niners were leaps and bounds better. But if it makes you feel some sort of way, um, out of those three wins that they had, two of them were against the Niners, and so I mean, they're bad, but maybe they're not as bad as we might think. Um, but just the really. They're really extraordinary, and I mean that in a bad way in this instance, is they're going on back-to-back years of new head coaches, right? They had Steve Wilkes, Carolina defensive coordinator, last year, um, you know, as the first as a first-time head coach. Their offense sputtered. They were last in the league. Um, they were number one on third and long, uh, a very, the offense as a whole, uh, I believe, like, First way through the half of the season, they fired their offensive coordinator. They put a rookie offensive coordinator in Byron Leftwich. Um, and yeah, their offense did sputter. There are a lot of question marks moving forward for this franchise, notably with Josh Rosen, um, who they invested a top 10 pick in last year. And now you have the second year, you have a new coach. And not only is it a new coach, it's a it's a college coach. It's Texas Tech, Cliff Kingsbury. And let's note that Cliff Kingsbury, while he do, does have a high-flying, innovative offense per se in college, he also had a losing record in college. You could blame some of that because of the lack of recruiting, because Texas Tech doesn't get the best caliber of players in comparison to some of the other teams in the league in college. Or you could say that, hey, maybe Cliff Kingsbury might be in over his head. But nonetheless, you're seeing with Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, uh, and you're seeing their disciples accordingly throughout the league. The NFL wants new hot offenses. They want that next Sean McVay, the next Kyle Shanahan. And so I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised for the Cardinals to hire Cliff Kingsbury as their as their new head coach. But it's back-to-back years of head coaches, and potentially, we're going to get into this a little bit more, it might be potentially back-to-back lottery picks at the quarterback position. Josh Rosen right now, he's the quarterback as of now. We'll talk about it more, but there is a kid by the name of Kyler Murray from Oklahoma, quarterback as well, just won the Heisman, and there have been rumors that he might be the franchise quarterback with the Cardinals. Um, So going into that, I mean, overall right now, you know, to your point, Larry Fitzgerald, he's still on the team. They did sign a savvy veteran by the name of Terrell Suggs. He is a future Hall of Fame pass rusher in the NFL. He's always been with the Baltimore Ravens, but prior to that, he was from Arizona. He played at Arizona State, so he kind of makes a nice little homecoming, but he's 36, 37 years old, and so his best days are behind him, but... um, Mason, what do you want to get into right now? Do you want to talk about overall team needs? Do you want to talk about some of their free agent signings? We can go either way as we begin the state of the Cardinals. Well, I mean, I, I think we got to address the elephant in the room, right? I mean, what do we do at number one? Uh, I mean, not we, uh, we as in the Cardinals, but what do they do at number one? Uh, do you do what you're saying and do you select a quarterback where everyone, every expert out there believes that they're going to select a quarterback, but that dramatically decreases the value of a guy that you used to veer draft capital on the previous week. Uh, I, I think it was after we did our podcast, but I think Bobby referenced saying that, that, 
you have uh, Josh Rosen, who the Patriots were trying to think about offering their late first-round pick for, but even they didn't want to give up a first-round pick. So nobody out there wants to give up a first-round pick for a guy that you used as, to your point, a lottery pick. So I feel as though it, it really it puts them in a tough position. But if you believe Kyler Murray is your guy, you have to go out and do it. Um, I've said this before that I didn't believe that the smaller mobile quarterback would really be able to, you know, be effective with a, you know, let's say not necessarily the strongest arm in the league. But when Deshaun Watson came in, for how many experts said that he wasn't going to amount to anything, wasn't wasn't worth, you know, wherever he was selected in the middle of the first round, he came out and he was the most electric quarterback out there. He was the greatest show on the field, and he proved everyone wrong. Um, Kyler Murray is more athletic in my mind he has a better arm and what he did in his one year at oklahoma that is something that people want to watch a fan base wants to get behind if i was the fan in arizona right now i would want kyler murray at number one because i personally saw josh rosen last year and he may have a cannon for an arm but he's not as much fun and he's not as entertaining as kyler murray well let me let me do the flip side to, to that, Mason. Okay, so obviously last in the offense, they had the number one overall pick. Their offense sucks. I get it. There's a reason for that. And while Josh Rosen didn't play that well per se, I mean, is it really all his fault? Steve Wilkes, as the head coach, defensive minded, they had a lackluster offensive coordinator prior. Um, their offense hardly used David Johnson the way that he should be used, like he was used in years past. And so it really makes you wonder, you know, as a rookie quarterback, they had a lackluster offensive line. They didn't really utilize the running game the way they should have. Um, they didn't necessarily give Josh Rosen the keys to truly succeed as a rookie. And here's the thing, too. I mean, shoot, he's a rookie. He was expected to struggle and given he struggled a little bit more than I had initially anticipated, but you get the premise of what I'm saying. Uh, maybe with the, last year, let's just say they had Kyler Murray last year. Do you think he would have succeeded? I don't know, but I'm a little bit pessimistic if you want to put that case in points all on Josh Rosen. He's still such a young quarterback. Uh, but look at it this way, too. Right now, Kyler Murray, I don't remember... <laughs> This is very rare for this early on in the draft process. The number one overall pick, and you still have like a month away before draft, and you're hearing all these crazy rumors that Kyler Murray is going to be the number one pick. Uh, I mean, just kind of came naturally out of fruition. And is it more so because they truly want Kyler Murray, or is there something a little bit more to it? And the reason why I say that is because they know that the Raiders, the Giants, the Bengals, the Redskins, they're all in the mix for a quarterback, right? Um, so why not, you know, put it at the number one pick? Don't make it an easy pick, but just say, hey, we could take Kyler Murray. There is a chance we might seriously do it um, to actually kind of hype it up to get in case they do want to trade down, which is likely or a possibility. I, I don't know. I don't know where they're thinking at. But they're kind of putting that hype so they can get a better offer for the trade down. Now, will that actually happen? I don't know. But I do know that they have plenty of other needs on their team. Josh Rosen, he's got a great rookie contract. 
Uh, by theory, if you draft Kyler Murray and you have Josh Rosen, that would be interesting. We can talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, but just think from a GM perspective, you know, it's it's the GM's job to also be the hype man, to also kind of rile up the troops and, and get a better stock should they go on the trade-down scenario. Um, so I don't know. I, I just find it very peculiar that the same general manager, Steve Kime, could have a conversation with his owner and say, in back-to-back years, we are going to draft a quarterback in the top 10, let alone number one overall this year. It's a very hard sell. I don't remember any GM that had his job in back-to-back years drafting a quarterback in back-to-back years, you know? I I can't remember a time that I've ever seen a team take a quarterback in the first round in back-to-back years, let alone within... The top ten, like, like a lottery selection. It's I have never, I've never seen that. Uh, to your point, like not only the same GM, but the same team. Uh, you know, it's it's so rare. I, like I, I, that would be a fun fact to look up and see, but it's it's pretty insane to me. There was a, a Ringer article about this too. It was kind of um, it's like a thoughts process, imaginary, big picture ordeal. Two, two thoughts. Are the Cardinals that dumb of a franchise to draft two back-to-back quarterbacks? Or are they revolutionary? Are they changing the game? Because hear me out, though, Mason. Everyone knows, whether it's Russell Wilson, whether it's Tom Brady, um, Patrick Mahomes now, if you hit on your quarterback on his rookie deal, that is peanuts for the rest of the team development. If you can knock the quarterback position early on out of the park where you get his rookie deal for five years that means you can spend the money on the legion of boom you could spend the money on i don't know sammy Watkins, um all these other players to upgrade your offense you could beef up the defense like the rams did and trade for nagamikon su akib talib because you have the cap space so from a cap perspective you're like hey you know what josh rosen Maybe, maybe he might not work out, but I like the possibility of investing in gambling again on another quarterback. And maybe, shoot, maybe I'll keep both of them. I mean, it's not too long ago where the Eagles' Super Bowl MVP was Nick fucking Foles. Big dick Nick Foles, for that matter. And they had two quarterbacks. They still have Carson Wentz. And they're, I don't think they have any regrets about keeping Foles and Wentz on the same roster. So you get what I'm saying. I mean, to have oh, I, two yeah. lottery quarterbacks, by theory, they might be ahead of the game. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you another team that had two quarterbacks at one time, and it was the Niners. They had Joe Montana and Steve Young on the same team. But obviously that's before salary cap. Um, you know, most recently, you know, I, I can think that last year, I thought that with the Cleveland Browns history, that they should just take – why not take two quarterbacks in those first four picks? Take Rosen, um, you know, take Baker Mayfield, take two of those top three guys and see if you get one. Because to your point, like if you don't have a quarterback, you're screwed. You're not going to make it. And if on top of that, if you have a great quarterback at uh, you know, a 25 percent of what his real market value is and you're locking him in that it gives you so much flexibility to go out and get whatever you want. And with the cap and how teams have to manage it, 
it really gets creative and it gets quite confusing as a casual fan sometimes. Because hear me out. By theory, in this thought experiment, they draft Kyler Murray. They can't find any good offers. They can't get a second-round pick. They can't get a first-round pick. Whatever. Okay, they're going to be like, you know what? We don't want a third-round pick. We want first, second, or nothing. They keep Kyler Murray. They keep Josh Rosen. I don't know. Maybe come midseason, some desperate team, uh, you know, come injury time or whatever, they might make a trade. I mean, it's not too long ago where... I mean, remember the Vikings with Teddy Bridgewater, he tore his ACL, and so they gave up. I mean, I can't believe it, but, you know, for the sake of the season, they were in win-now mode. They traded a first-round pick for Sam Bradford, for example. I mean, you know, at the quarterback position, franchises do crazy things to get a legitimate signal caller. I mean, um, shoot, maybe the Cardinals, maybe it would be in their best interest to kind of play this 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 thought experiment about having two lottery quarterbacks, you know? It's, it never hurts being the first to do something. Um, you know, everyone will call you crazy. Everyone will look at you and be like, I, I have no idea how that's ever going to work. And those crazy people sometimes turn out to be geniuses. So it, it really could work, but... I'm still one of the people that's calling them crazy if they think that having two quarterbacks is the best way to go. But I, I know it's a thought exercise, but I don't know how in today's salary cap you can justify that. I mean, maybe maybe potentially uh, you do a one-year try it out uh, to see who really rises to the top uh, as both a leader and performance-based. But I know, you know, I played football, and you have to have one leader. Um, you know, your quarterback's your quarterback, and everyone needs to be able to count on that person. It's not a position where you can just throw someone in. Uh, it, it, the backup quarterback comes in. Sometimes, obviously, it's a huge change because the team didn't game plan for it, and we all remember what happened two years ago in college football when uh, Nick Saban put in a true freshman at halftime and came back from a huge deficit. So obviously having that kind of a change, but in general, you have to have a one quarterback system. Uh, so I don't know what kind of a world, but it, it works in. So it, it would be really interesting to see. But if I was the GM, I wouldn't have the balls to do it. For sure. We'll find out soon enough. Let me ask you this, too. And here's another little it might be maybe maybe I'm reading the tea leaves, but um, the Cardinals also they signed Brett Hundley, former Seahawks, former Packers, but he's a very similar mold to Kyler Murray. You could argue he could argue that he would be a good backup to Kyler Murray. Dot dot dot. If they're going to be in a similar type of offense, um, so shoot number one overall pick, Nick Bosa's on the board. Kyler, I mean shoot everyone's on the board. Quentin Williams is on the board. I mean, um, what would you do? Uh, well, I, I think uh, I, I would definitely take Kyler Murray uh, as great. There's two surefire prospects. We all know him. It's Quinn Williams and it's Nick Bosa. But you're nothing without a quarterback. And do you th- like? Do you think Rosen's your guy? But I don't think Rosen's a guy. If if I if I had to make a decision, I'm taking Kyler Murray 99 times out of 100. Wow. I am taking number one pick. I'm not. I'm not effing around. If I could do the trade down, maybe you know whatever. 
But I'm taking Nick Bosa. Like you mentioned before, they have Chandler Jones. Terrell Suggs, he is 36, 37 years old. Marcus Golden, he tore his ACL last year. Um, he was supposed to be that other guy opposite of Chandler Jones. He signs with the, the Giants. He hasn't really been the same since. Uh, yeah, they need another pass rusher. And Nick Bosa and Quentin Williams, they are the blue chip prospects. There's a lot of question marks about Kyler Murray. I mean, let's remember, only a couple of months ago was he expected, projected, to play baseball, right? So you don't know where his head's at. I mean, right now... Flavor of the month. He wants to do football. You know, thankfully he won the Heisman and now it's hot right now. But it does make you wonder. I mean, he is a new addition to the NFL draft pool. And if you're investing the first overall pick, are you kidding me? I'm drafting Nick Bosa and I'm rolling with Josh Rosen on the premise of, hey, Josh Rosen, that was his first year. It was a very bad year, but that's not all his fault. And I'm sure Cliff Kingsbury, when he was doing that interview, with the owner, with Steve Kahn, the general manager. I'm quite sure one of the first questions they asked Cliff Kingsbury is saying, hey, can you roll with Josh Rosen as your quarterback? And I have a feeling he probably said yes. I don't think for a job interview he would say, no, I want to draft another quarterback. Uh, I I don't know. I, I think that Cliff Kingsbury has the ability, if he's that good of a quarterback, whisperer that he can coach up Josh Rosen and so I'm taking the safer approach I'd rather go with Nick Bosa and go that traditional route and ride with Josh Rosen that's that's just me well I hear you there but uh you know who's to say that the Raiders don't take him a couple four picks later and yeah, Nick Bosa gets hurt. I mean, I, I, I guess anything could happen. Those are all hypotheticals. Anyone can get hurt. Anything could happen. But I, I feel as though as much as I wouldn't, for myself, want to give up the opportunity to take a surefire thing or as close to a surefire thing as possible, but due to the importance of the position and the question marks of Josh Rosen, I would, I would pull the trigger. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mason, there's other things outside. I mean, I obviously, I know that the quarterback position is very valuable. They have the number one overall pick. But they have a lot of other needs. There's a, there's a reason why they are picking number one overall. So let's look at those team needs, okay? So some of their notables, they lost Dion Buchanan, linebacker. He went to the Steelers. Uh, they lost... Um, actually, they didn't really lose too much. I mean... Yeah, they lost Marcus Golden. He went to the Giants. Uh, They signed a a couple of... uh, I mean, take it for what it is. Darius Fillon from the the Chargers. He's a defensive tackle. Um, Presumably to start opposite of Patrick Peterson, Robert Alford from the Falcons, um, to replace John Brown, another speedy receiver from the Panthers, Damian Bird, to beef up the offensive line. Some veterans... Fellow NFC West, former Seahawks, J.R. Sweezy, uh, Max Garcia, center from the Broncos, interior lineman. Mentioned before from the Seahawks, Brett Hundley, he would be a very suitable quarterback in a backup capacity to Kyler Murray. Terrell Suggs, Arizona State's alumni. And lastly, probably their biggest acquisition, with Dion Buchanan out, uh, they signed... Jordan Hicks, they gave him a sliver under Quan Alexander Monday, about $40 million. He's been he's been injury prone, but when healthy, he's good in pass coverage and in the run defense. 
my biggest takeaway from these free agent signings is it's patch up work. It's something to keep the team, you know, a miss, keep the talent competitive. But I don't think these guys are any. They're not going to really change the franchise. Just going to hold it over. Um, I mean, what are your what are your thoughts about free agency and a couple things that they they still lack right now? Well, like I said, I, I feel as though they're – you talked about opposite of Patrick Peterson, but I watched a couple of games last year from Patrick Peterson, and you know, I held him as one of the best cornerbacks in the league in my mind, and I, I watched him, and he looked disengaged. Um, he didn't really look like – they didn't look like they were playing together, uh, and I was really surprised to see that from someone that's a perennial pro bowler that is you know has had a Hall of Fame career potentially. Um, you know, so it's, I, I feel as though last year they really had a culture problem. Um, if your leaders are showing that kind of stuff on the field, but it, it's, they definitely like right now you're, you're having that transition period. So you have these veterans that were there. They were the core when you know, the team was great. You have Larry Fitzgerald, you have Patrick Peterson, you lost Calais Campbell to Jacksonville a couple of years ago. Those, those were your, that was your core. So I think it's all about, um, you know, for building your new core. Um, you have David Johnson. He could be a focal point, but the, the change in scheme and, you know, last year they just didn't know how to use him. Uh, he's a talented running back, but you need to make sure that you're putting him in a position that he can win. And, so I think that there's some big needs, like the patchwork that you were talking about on that offensive line. They they couldn't block anyone. I felt last year that they they made uh, you know a lot of teams look really good. So oh yeah, yeah. It's I, I think until you fix that, like it, right. That's why taking Kyler Murray is so attractive because he can scramble away and he can make things happen right away for that offense. But. You know, I still believe in building the base. I am always for you know having good offensive linemen, having a nice core of uh, front seven, and you know building the skill positions out from there. And you know, right now, I'm not. I, I see that they have some skill positions on defense. Um, they they need a. They have David Johnson on offense, and they have potential of Josh Josh Rosen, but th- they need more and. I think that right now they're they're obviously in a rebuilding program and they're going to be a couple of years away from where they can really get in the swing of things. But having said that, um, anything's possible. All right. So, I mean, for me, going into this draft, exactly your point. It's a couple of years away where, yeah, they have a lot of needs right now. Obviously, Kyler Murray would be an ideal scenario if you had all these other things kind of in place. Kyler Murray, he's a quick quarterback. He can get away from pressure. But let's not kid ourselves. I mean, on the offensive line, they have DJ Humphreys. They signed J.R. Sweezy at guard. Second-year player, Mason Cole, he's going to be center. Uh, last year's uh, free agent acquisition, Justin Pugh, he's, he's cool. Uh, they also traded with the Steelers for Marcus Gilbert at right tackle. Um, okay pieces, but... Yeah, they were a very bad offensive line unit. And if you're going to invest the number one overall pick in a quarterback like Kyler Murray, keep in mind, he's undersized, guys. So, I mean, if he gets hits, he can get hit really hard and he could get hurt. Um, I wouldn't want to roll on that. And I, I just really wish that there were other 
offensive lineman prospects that would be worthy of a top five pick. I mean, you have Jawan Taylor from Florida. You have Greg Little from Ole Miss. You have Cody Ford from Oklahoma. Uh, Jonah Williams, Alabama. I mean, you have some good prospects, but I mean, ideally for me, if I couldn't get Nick Bosa, I'd like to trade down. I'd like to get an offensive lineman, um, but I think that offensive lineman would be the number one priority outside of quarterback. But in my scenario, I'm keeping Josh Rosen. I'd draft an offensive lineman outside of offensive line. Uh, let's let's remember people. Cliff Kingsbury, he was hired to change this offense. And what type of offense does he have, people? He has a spread offense. He has, uh, you know, in comparison to the Kyle Shanahan and your Sean McVay's of the world that use a lot of play action, use a lot of running. Um, yeah, people, Kingsbury is spread. He uses four wide receivers. Who are the four wide receivers for the Cardinals right now? You have Larry Fitzgerald. You have Christian Kirk. They just signed Kevin White from the Bears, who I didn't mention before, but he was a bust. They signed him on a one-year deal. They signed Damian Williams from the Panthers. Uh, that's about it. I mean, Chad Williams, he's been a bust. I mean, they don't. if you're going to do a Cliff Kingsbury offense, you need pass catchers, right? They don't have that. That's another priority I would put number two for the Cardinals draft. And the, the, the third thing to keep in mind is, to your point, I mean, the secondary. Shoot, Patrick Peterson. Great quarterback, future Hall of Fame talent, but at this very moment, there was only a couple months back that uh, he was kind of on the fence with staying with this team. There were rumors that he wanted to get traded. He kind of circled back, came back. Um, he remains committed for now, but I mean, in the interim, it's been the same problem as it's been every year. Who starts opposite of Patrick Peterson? Because, yeah, you have Robert Alford. You have a couple other guys that they tried to replace and draft, but it hasn't really worked. And so the cornerback position remains uh, a work in progress. So, I mean, Mason, as much as I like the idea of drafting a quarterback, they technically already did that, and they still have yet to kind of build around that quarterback, whether it's going to be Kyler Murray or Josh Rosen. So for me... Number one, offensive line. Number two, wide receiver. And number three, secondary, cornerback. That's that's kind of where I'm at, Mason. No, I'll tell you what, I completely agree uh, with your assessment. I do feel as though, I, I'm not sure, but I feel like they do need an interior lineman. Um, someone like Quinn Williams would probably really help their team because if if I recall right, if my uh, you know post tailgate memory serves me right at the Niners game, I felt as though we were gashing him up the middle with Matt Breida, and you know we were also doing some sweeps, but we were able to run right down the middle, and they weren't able to stop us. And our interior linemen for the Niners didn't really have that great of a year statistically speaking so i don't know who they have i know they have a couple of good edge rushers but if you can't stop people down the middle um we all saw what happened to the san diego chargers in the, in the playoff game so um i would i would also go uh to your list and add on interior defensive line that's a great point you know why guys because last year they are, were a 4-3 defense in years past they were a 3-4 defense guess what they're switching back to a 3-4 defense. So once again, they're switching not only offensive schemes, they're also switching defensive schemes. This is a lot of movement going on, guys. Are, are you guys really that comfortable with drafting Kyler Murray, number one overall? 
And keep in mind, you know, it wasn't too long ago where there were question marks whether he even wanted to play football. I mean, as of like, what, th- what three months ago, he was supposed to play baseball, for Christ's sake, you know? Yes, he was. I, I think a lot of people in Oakland are kind of sad he's not. Yeah, and what a interesting fuck you that would be if the Raiders did draft him. By the way, just you know, just putting it out there. If he did go to Vegas, that would be uh, that would be interesting. Yeah, it, it definitely would. Uh, but regardless of where he goes, I, I think he's going to be fun to watch. Um, I feel as though the Cardinals are. Yeah, it's they're kind of like the the building um, has collapsed, and they're trying to lay down the foundation, but they're unsure of what kind of foundation to use. If I had to use an analogy, I think that's that's where they're at right now. All they're right. at the planning stage, and they have I don't know if how many architects they have, but you know you you need to have one guy really call the shots. So, um, and it's it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, to your point about Klein, if he does take a quarterback in the second year, how is he not on the hot seat? And what is their performance going to be? But um, we've seen crazier things in the NFL. Yes, we have, Mason. And so, State of the Cardinals podcast, listeners, I'm sure you can kind of notice, but like more than half the podcast has been devoted to the Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen controversy. Because, yeah, this really is something like I can't believe we're coming to this. But yeah, Kyler Murray, he declared that he's going to go for the draft. And next thing you know, I mean, it's because Cliff Kingsbury said verbatim that this was before he became the head coach of the Cardinals. But he said prior while he was in college that, hey, if I had the number one overall pick, I would draft Kyler Murray. And here we are now. Here we are now. And so right now, the Cardinals, they finished last season with three wins and 13 losses. It's hard to really project the win-loss record of the Cardinals because a lot of it is contingent upon what they do with the number one overall pick. But let's try, Mason, okay? Um, How would you grade this offseason? And my second question is, I don't know, predict the record or try to give me... uh, a pulse in whatever scenario you want. I mean, the floor is yours, Mason. Well, there's there's a couple questions there. Uh, one thing I'll throw back to you is, let's do a scenario of mm. if they have Kyle Rosen as their quarterback or if they have, uh, sorry, Josh Rosen or if they have Kyler Murray um, and what their record will be either way. So I feel as though if they have Josh Rosen as their quarterback, uh, they're a four-win team. If they have Kyler Murray, they're a five to six win team potentially. So I feel as though Kyler Murray does give them that initial boost that I've been talking about all night. But I think that they're more than likely a four win team this year overall. But I feel as though Kyler Murray, you have to attribute him for a war of at least one to two games. Ah, that's a tough question. Okay, so on one hand, they go my route of keeping Josh Rosen. Technically, they would draft the better player for the overall team. Remember, it's the team, the 53-man roster, whether it's Nick Bosa, Quinn Williams, whether it's a trade down. Um, so technically, their overall team would get better. But yeah, their quarterback position would have remained a question. I mean, still would with Kyler Murray. But I mean, I get what you're saying. There's a little bit more upside with Kyler Murray. But you have a better overall team per se. 
Uh, but with Kyler Murray, I, to your point, I think he could squeeze out an extra win, maybe two wins, just because of the Kingsbury offense. And um, certainly he would... This shouldn't... Uh, this shouldn't affect the draft, but by theory, uh, you can make an argument that Kyler Murray would sell more tickets for the Cardinals. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, give me Josh Rosen. Hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll do two ways. I think Josh Rosen would get four, <laughs> four. Four. I think Josh Rosen would get four to five wins, but a better overall team in the long haul, meaning you know you, the fifty-three man roster. I think Kyler Murray in the presence, he would sell you more tickets. They would try to. I think that ESPN and the rest of the league would try to get some more spotlight on the Cardinals. At least one national game to keep it real. You might sell more season tickets, but will it fill in the long term? I would be a little bit more pessimistic, but I think they could get six wins in the Kyler Murray scenario. Yeah. A lot of what ifs, but you know, you get a bigger, you get a bigger reward with Kyler Murray in terms of dollars and cents and. You know, marketability. Yeah, that that's for sure. Yeah, I hear you there. And and to answer the second question of how do I grade their off season, I, I think the jury's really out on that. It's it's really too hard to tell. It all comes down to uh, obviously they didn't make a splash in free agency, so you know I'd have to give them a D there. They they went out and got the sexy coach. They got the wild card. Uh, so I'm gonna give them a B plus. So overall, I'm I'm gonna still say a C minus. Maybe a D plus. Like it's it, it, just because they got the coach and uh, they they don't really have that core. They they haven't built a lot. They have all the cap space in the world, but um, where are the players? Yeah, I, I'm leaning more towards the C C minus. Uh, I know that a lot of things are contingent upon the draft. I mean, shoot, if you're rebuilding a team, you shouldn't be spending that much money in free agency, anyways. Uh, like honestly, you shouldn't be spending that much money in free agency. You should be building through the draft, and that's build through the draft. Yep, build through the draft. Reward your players. Like, um, you know, get that. Get give the guy a contract when he's in his uh, fourth year. You know, third year, fourth year, so that you give him that extension, and that builds that chemistry. That builds that culture. That thing that I talked about, Cardinals lacking with the, you know, the, with with the demonstration that their leaders had last year. Um, when you have that kind of rewarding system where you build from within, it creates team chemistry, and that uh, it's something that doesn't get talked about all the time, but it really makes a difference. Okay. Sounds good, Mason. Let's go ahead, and we're right at the 40-minute mark on the podcast. Let's go ahead and have a little bit of fun, okay? Uh, we did this last week with, say, the Niners. Uh, let's do it this week, even though Bobby's out. You and me, let's do a uh, all-time fantasy football Cardinals drafts. Uh, we did three players last week. Did you want to do three still? Do you want to do four? I mean, what's, what's your take? Well, I still want to keep the same format. And I actually just got a text from Bobby. He's unavailable to do the call with us and do this draft. He wasn't available tonight through the podcast. But he's able to join us uh, you know, through my phone for this draft. So, um since he's going to be joining us via text message, what pick do you want to give him, Justin? Uh, let's see. Last time for the Niners, I gave him 
I gave him the second overall pick, right? And you get you get the snake, or is, am I thinking the other way around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby, I think Bob Bobby had this. He was the third because I got Steve Young number two. Okay. How, how about this? Um, I can go last since I got the first pick last time, and I'll I'll let, let you choose. You went the first. Or you went the second overall pick. Uh, I am going to take the first overall pick. Okay, fine. Fair enough. And then Bobby takes the second, and we'll do snake format for three players. So. Uh, all-time Cardinals fantasy football draft up to three. A little fun. Mason, you're on the clock. Go ahead. Well, you know, I really put a lot of thought into this. And originally I was thinking about possibly taking Jake Plummer. Um, number one? Wow. Yeah, number one. I mean, he's just such a great guy. No, no. Um, in all actuality, I have to say the best player ever to be a Cardinal is Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is one of the best people to be in the NFL, one of the best players. When you go back to his childhood growing up, it, you know, as being a ball boy for Chris Carter. And when you heard heard the, heard the story of when he came into the league and um, how he gives back to the community, how he exemplifies what it is to be a great individual, not only on the field, but off the field, and the production that he's put up, he is a Hall of Famer, first ballot, one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. First pick. Excellent pick. Bobby, wherever the hell you are, you're on the clock. Let me know, Mason, what do you text? Uh, well, Bobby got a good one. Um, Bobby has taken Patrick Peterson. Ah, damn it. The, okay. Yeah, one of the best uh, quarterbacks to play. Okay. He's a Hall of Fame caliber guy, too, if and when he retires. So I'm not going to argue yeah. with that. Okay, so I'm number three, and I have two back-to-backs. Snake pick, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So top of mind... Not Jake Plummer. I'm going to think about the other quarterback that actually took them to the Super Bowl before he was uh, bagging groceries. Uh, Arena League football guy, by the way. Um, his name's Kurt Warner. I'm going to go ahead and roll with that. Uh, I know that you know he's had his legacy with, with a couple other teams like the Rams and whatnot, but I'll roll with him as well. And then I'd say another back-to-back. Huh, I got a little bit of time to think about that. Uh... You know what? I'll just... He's been good to me in years past for fantasy football. Uh, hate me, but... Uh, give me give me David Johnson. I know it's too early on in his career, but I, I like him enough. I mean, I think somebody won a championship on the legs of David Johnson. Yes. So I, I have no qualms with that. So Kurt Warner and David Johnson for me. So it goes back to Bobby. So Bobby is on the clock right now. Just informed him that you selected David Johnson. Bobby is firing back, and you know he says it's a great selection. Uh, he's very impressed with you taking those guys. He did definitely want, uh, you know, Kurt Warner, and he's replying right now. The pick is right on the board, and with Bobby's second selection, he takes the longest three dot text message ever. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not a paragraph. I mean, I don't know what he's writing here. Like, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he said he's stuck between. Oh, he wants Anquan and Dan. Yeah, he's taking Anquan Bolden. Oh wow! I would okay. That's a that's a good one. No, no, he was he was a stud with the Cardinals. That's for damn sure. Had some memories with the Niners, obviously, and he had some memories with the Ravens. Dot dot dot. But yeah, I, I get it. Well, I 
think that puts me back on the. Is that me or are you back? You're back up on the board. Now, no, right? no, no. I, I uh, it goes back to you, and you have you can finish it off on the snake, so you can finish your. your oh my god! So okay, oh yeah. So last time, this is a confusing position. Last time you were stuck and didn't really know what was going on here in the snake, and this time I didn't even know I'm up. So, yeah. So you finish uh, it off. This, this first pick is a really tough one to have. I know. But I'm gonna go with Calais Campbell because. I feel as though he's one of the largest humans I've seen play the football. Uh, and he, he's just, he's a beast. Uh, I always remember watching him, uh, you know, at the Niners. And he's one of those guys that I definitely have to tip my hat to. So I'm going to take Calais Campbell. And I'm also going to go with the throwback. Uh, I really, you know, if there was one year there and it, you know, it was possibly substance aided. But he had very large biceps, and he caught very deep passes. And his name was David Boston with the third selection. David Boston? Oh, my God. All right. I like it. It's crazy because, I mean, we're talking about a Cliff Kingsbury offense, but I, I guess in years past, the Cardinals have had some they've had some playmakers. Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, David Boston. Uh, wow, David Boston. I haven't heard his name in a long while. Okay. Okay. Um... Shoot, it goes on to Bobby now, right? Yeah, Bobby. Bobby has texted me who he wants, and in true Bobby fashion, uh, he has selected a player that I I haven't heard of. But I mean, obviously, this is a Hall of Famer, um, Dan Deardford. Deardford, Deardorf. What? What? Yeah. What? What? What, posi- uh, what, 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 what position? He's a guard. But I, I believe he's a broadcaster. That's where I know him from. He's a sportscaster. Okay. He, he worked on CBS. But, yeah, it's, that is a Bobby Collins pick right there. Uh, he, took, uh, he took our guy Bill Walsh last week, and now uh, Bobby's going off the radar again. Fair enough. Okay. Um, I, I have no call. Bring, bring us home, Justin. All right, with the final pick in the – three-player all-time Cardinals franchise draft. Uh, I was thinking a couple things. I was thinking of maybe going cute with, uh, you know, the late Pat Tillman, but uh, I, I think I'm going to go for, for a player, like a player, player. Not, not that Pat, Pat Tillman wasn't a player, but, um, you know, and, and that's the thing. Before I got involved in Just the West, like, I knew the Cardinals, but I didn't. No, no, the Cardinals, and so I can't go too far back in time to, to really give you a couple gems. But I know that his name often gets kind of lost in the mix because he kind of dropped off um, when he was with the Niners. He got released, but you know, at the time when the when the Cardinals made the Super Bowl, manning that defensive line, um, Darnold Dockett. Darnold, Darnold, Niner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he had that one year with the Niners. He didn't last that long. He got cut. But prior to that, he was a Cardinals lifer, and he was, you know, in regards to building a franchise and having the heart and soul of a defense. You know, arguably, he was the heart and soul of that Super Bowl defense. He made that defense special, and that was before. Yeah, I'm looking at this roster right now for that 2008. Defense. They didn't have Patrick Peterson back then. They had Dominic Rogers Cromartie. They had Eric Green. They had Adrian Wilson. They had Antoine Roll. 
Um, Carlos Dansby, but I, I feel that Darnold Dockett was the reason why that, that defense was Super Bowl caliber. And so let me finish that off with Darnold Dockett, defensive tackle. A great selection. Uh, yeah, Bobby surprised no one took uh, Rod Tidwell. I don't know who Rob Tidwell is, so you can show me the money, Jerry Maguire. Oh, sh- oh wow, that's that's a little left pocket. I, I get it now. Oh man, <laughs> I oh sh- yeah. ah, oh my god, my god, oh shit! Wow, wow. All right, guys. Well, hey, tell Bobby thank you for uh, submitting your your picks on the draft. Uh, for the for our listeners, Bobby's actually in the hospital because his his wife is, yeah, uh, he might be a, a daddy pretty soon. So, congratulations if and when Bobby Mason. Thank you so much for for doing this exercise because I know you're not the biggest Cardinals fan, but it was a good challenge. What you think of it? Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to um, you know potentially doing some other teams. All right, for sure. Well. This week is State of the Cardinals. Next week we'll do, it's either going to be the Seahawks or the Rams. So to my listeners, thank you so much for checking out the pod. Spotify, uh, iTunes, yeah, we're out there. Twitter, at Just the West. Instagram, at Just the West. And, of course, my blog, www.justthewest.com. Until next time, we out here.